Jesus said, they'll know that we're Christians by our love for one another. This is the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible, and coming to you from Riverside, California, podcasting since 2004, I'm your OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. This is the daily podcast where we read the entire Bible in a year. What's it like in your neck of the woods today? Here in Southern California, it's beginning to cool off just a hair, so I hope that trend continues. I can't wait for the autumn weather. I am glad to see you today, and I hope you're doing well. Today our reading is Joshua 11 through 15, and after that I'll have some comments and we'll do our On This Day in Church History, and then I'll have some listener comments. I'm ready to get going. How about you? Let's go. Joshua chapter 11 King Jabin of Hazor heard about Joshua's victories, so he sent messages to many nearby kings and asked them to join him in fighting Israel. He sent these messages to King Jobab of Madon, the kings of Shimron and Akshaph, the kings in the northern hill country and in the Jordan River Valley south of Lake Galilee, and the kings in the foothills and in Naphath-dor to the west. He sent messages to the Canaanite kings in the east and the west, to the Amorite, Hittite, Perizzite, and Jebusite kings in the hill country, and to the Hivite kings in the region of Mizpah near the foot of Mount Hermon. The kings and their armies went to Miram Pond, where they set up camp and got ready to fight Israel. It seemed as though there were more soldiers and horses and chariots than there are grains of sand on the beach. The Lord told Joshua, Don't let them frighten you. I'll help you defeat them, and by this time tomorrow they will be dead. When you attack, the first thing you have to do is to cripple their horses. Then, after the battle is over, burn their chariots. Joshua and his army made a surprise attack against the enemy camp at Miram Pond and crippled the enemy's horses. Joshua followed the Lord's instructions, and the Lord helped Israel defeat the enemy. The Israelite army even chased soldiers as far as Mizrafoth Maim to the northwest, the city of Sidon to the north, and Mizpah Valley to the northeast. None of the enemy soldiers escaped alive. The Israelites came back after the battle and burned the enemy's chariots. Up to this time, the king of Hazor had controlled the kingdoms that had joined together to attack Israel. So Joshua led his army back and captured Hazor. They killed its king and everyone else, and then they set the town on fire. Joshua captured all the towns where the enemy kings had ruled. These towns were built on small hills, and Joshua did not set fire to any of these towns except Hazor. The Israelites kept the animals and everything of value from these towns, but they killed everyone who lived in them, including their kings. That's what the Lord had told his servant Moses to do, that's what Moses had told Joshua to do, and that's exactly what Joshua did. Joshua and his army took control of the northern and southern hill country, the foothills to the west, the southern desert, the whole region of Goshen, and the Jordan River Valley. They took control of the land from Mount Halak, near the country of Edom in the south, to Baal Gad in Lebanon Valley at the foot of Mount Hermon in the north. Joshua and his army were at war with the kings in this region for a long time, but finally they captured and put to death the last king. The Lord had told Moses that he wanted the towns in this region destroyed and their people killed without mercy. That's why the Lord made the people in the town stubborn and determined to fight Israel. The only town that signed a peace treaty with Israel was the Hivite town of Gibeon. The Israelite army captured the rest of the towns in battle. 
During this same time, Joshua and his army killed the Anakim from the northern and southern hill country. They also destroyed the towns where the Anakim had lived, including Hebron, Deber, and Anab. There were not any Anakim left in the regions where the Israelites lived, although there were still some in Gaza, Gath, and Ashdod. That's how Joshua captured the land, just as the Lord had commanded Moses, and Joshua divided it up among the tribes. Finally, there was peace in the land. Joshua chapter 12 Now these are the kings of the land whom the Israelites defeated and drove from their land on the east side of the Jordan, from the Arnon Valley to Mount Hermon, including all the eastern Arabah. King Sihon of the Amorites, who lived in Heshbon and ruled from Aror on the edge of the Arnon Valley, including the city in the middle of the valley and half of Gilead, all the way to the Jabbok Valley, bordering Ammonite territory. His kingdom included the eastern Arabah from the Sea of Kinnereth to the Sea of the Arabah, or the Salt Sea, including the route to Beth Jeshimoth and the area southward below the slopes of Pisgah. The territory of King Og of Bashan, one of the few remaining Rephaites, who lived in Asheroth and Edrei and ruled over Mount Hermon, Salica, all of Bashan to the border of the Geshurites and Maacathites, and half of Gilead as far as the border of King Sihon of Heshbon. Moses the Lord's servant and the Israelites defeated them, and Moses the Lord's servant assigned their land to Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. These are the kings of the land whom Joshua and the Israelites defeated on the west side of the Jordan, from Baal Gad in the Lebanon Valley to Mount Halak on up to Seir. Joshua assigned this territory to the Israelite tribes, including the hill country, the lowlands, the Arabah, the slopes, the wilderness, and the Negev, the land of the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. The king of Jericho, 1. The king of Ai, located near Bethel, 1. The king of Jerusalem, 1. The king of Hebron, 1. The king of Jarmuth, 1 the king of Lachish, one, the king of Eglon, one, the king of Gezer, one, the king of Deber, one, the king of Geder, one, the king of Hormah, one, the king of Arad, one, the king of Libna, one, the king of Adullam, one, the king of Makeda, one, the king of Bethel, one, the king of Tapua, one, the king of Hefer. 1. The king of Aphek, 1. The king of Lasharon, 1. The king of Madon, 1. The king of Hazor, 1. The king of Shimron Miron, 1. The king of Akshaph, 1. The king of Taanach, 1. The king of Megiddo, 1. The king of Kedesh, 1. The king of Jokneam near Carmel, 1. The king of Dor near Naphath Dor, 1 the king of Goyim, near Gilgal, one, the king of Tirzah, one, a total of thirty-one kings. Joshua chapter 13 When Joshua was very old, the Lord told him, You are very old, and a great deal of land remains to be conquered. This is the land that remains, all the territory of the Philistines and all the Geshurites, from the Shihor River east of Egypt northward to the territory of Ekron. It is regarded as Canaanite territory, including the area belonging to the five Philistine lords who ruled in Gaza. 
Ashdod, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron, as well as Avite land to the south, all the Canaanite territory from Era in the region of Sidon to Aphek, as far as Amorite territory, the territory of Biblis and all Lebanon to the east, from Baal Gad below Mount Hermon to Lebo Hamath. I will drive out before the Israelites all who live in the hill country from Lebanon to Mizraphoth Maim, all the Sidonians. You be sure to parcel it out to Israel as I instructed you. Now divide up this land among the nine tribes and the half-tribe of Manasseh. The other half of Manasseh, Reuben and Gad, received their allotted tribal lands beyond the Jordan, just as Moses, the Lord's servant, had assigned them. Their territory started from Aroer, on the edge of the Arnon Valley, included the city in the middle of the valley, the whole plain of Medeba, as far as Dibon, and all the cities of King Sihon of the Amorites, who ruled in Heshbon, and ended at the Ammonite border. Their territory also included Gilead, Geshurite and Maacathite territory, all Mount Hermon, and all Bashan to Salica, the whole kingdom of Og in Bashan, who ruled in Ashtaroth and Edrei. He was one of the few remaining Rephaites. Moses defeated them and took their lands, but the Israelites did not conquer the Geshurites and Maacathites. Geshur and Maacah live among Israel to this very day. However, Moses did not assign land as an inheritance to the Levites. Their inheritance is the sacrificial offerings made to the Lord God of Israel as he instructed them. Moses assigned land to the tribe of Reuben by its clans. Their territory started at Aroer, on the edge of the Arnon Valley, and included the city in the middle of the valley, the whole plain of Medeba, Heshbon and all its surrounding cities on the plain, including Dibon, Bamoth Baal, Beth Baal Meon, Jahaz, Kittimoth, Mephaeath, Kiriathaim, Sibma, Zereth Shehar on the hill in the valley, Beth Piar, the slopes of Pisgah, and Beth Jeshemoth. It accompanied all the cities of the plain and the whole realm of King Sihon of the Amorites who ruled in Heshbon. Moses defeated him and the Midianite leaders, Evi, Rechem, Zer, Hur, and Reba. They were subjects of Sihon and lived in his territory. The Israelites killed Balaam, son of Beor, the omen reader, along with the others. The border of the tribe of Reuben was the Jordan. The land allotted to the tribe of Reuben by its clans included these cities and their towns. Moses assigned land to the tribe of Gad by its clans. Their territory included Jazer, all the lands of Gilead, and half of the Ammonite territory as far as Aroer near Rabbah. Their territory ran from Heshbon to Ramath Mizpah in Betanim, and from Maenaim to the territory of Deber. It included the valley of Beth Haram, Beth Nimrah, Succoth, and Zaphon, and the rest of the realm of King Sihon of Heshbon, the area east of the Jordan to the end of the Sea of Kinnereth. The land allotted to the tribe of Gad by its clans included these cities and their towns. Moses assigned land to the half-tribe of Manasseh by its clans. Their territory started at Maenaim and encompassed all Bashan, the whole realm of King Og of Bashan, including all sixty cities in havoth Jair in Bashan, half of Gilead, Ashtaroth, and Edrei, cities in the kingdom of Og in Bashan, were assigned to the descendants of Maker, son of Manasseh, to half the descendants of Maker by their clans. These are the land assignments made by Moses on the plains of Moab east of the Jordan River opposite Jericho. However, Moses did not assign land as an inheritance to the Levites, their inheritance is the Lord God of Israel, as he instructed them. Joshua chapter 14 
The following is a record of the territory assigned to the Israelites in the land of Canaan by Eleazar the priest, Joshua son of Nun, and the Israelite tribal leaders. The land assignments to the nine and a half tribes were made by drawing lots, as the Lord had instructed Moses. Now Moses had assigned land to the two and a half tribes east of the Jordan, but he assigned no land to the Levites. The descendants of Joseph were considered as two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim. The Levites were allotted no territory, though they were assigned cities in which to live, along with the grazing areas for their cattle and possessions. The Israelites followed the Lord's instructions to Moses and divided up the land. The men of Judah approached Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite said to him, You know what the Lord said about you and me to Moses, the man of God, at Kadesh Barnea. I was forty years old when Moses, the Lord's servant, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy on the land, and I brought back to him an honest report. My countrymen who accompanied me frightened the people, but I remained loyal to the Lord my God. That day Moses made his solemn promise, Surely the land on which you walked will belong to you and your descendants permanently, for you remained loyal to the Lord your God. So now, look, the Lord has preserved my life, just as he promised, these past forty-five years since the Lord spoke these words to Moses, during which Israel traveled through the wilderness. Now look, I am today eighty-five years old. Today I am still as strong as when Moses sent me out. I can fight and go about my daily activities with the same energy I had then. Now assign me this hill country which the Lord promised me at that time. No doubt you heard at that time that the Anakites live there in large fortified cities. But assuming the Lord is with me, I will conquer them as the Lord promised. Joshua asked God to empower Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and assigned him Hebron. So Hebron remains the assigned land of Caleb, son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, to this very day, because he remained loyal to the Lord God of Israel. Hebron used to be called Kiriath Arba. Arba was the famous Anakite. Then the land was free of war. Joshua chapter 15 The land allotted to the tribe of Judah by its clans reached to the border of Edom to the wilderness of Zin in the Negev, far to the south. Their southern border started at the southern tip of the Salt Sea, extended south of the Scorpion Ascent, crossed to Zin, went up from the south to Kadesh Barnea, crossed to Hezron, went up to Adar, and turned toward Karka. It then crossed to Asman, extended to the stream of Egypt, and ended at the sea. This was their southern border. The eastern border was the Salt Sea to the mouth of the Jordan River. The northern border started north of the Salt Sea at the mouth of the Jordan, went up to Beth Hogla, crossed north of Beth Ereba, and went up to the stone of Bohan, son of Reuben. It then went up to Deber from the valley of Achor, turning northward to Gilgal, which is opposite the pass of Adummim, south of the valley, crossed to the waters of Enshemesh, and extended to Enrogel. It then went up to the valley of Ben-Hinnom to the slope of the Jebusites on the south, that is, Jerusalem, going up to the top of the hill opposite the valley of Ben-Hinnom to the west, which is at the end of the valley of the Rephaites, to the north. It then went from the top of the hill to the spring of the waters of Nephtoah, extended to the cities of Mount Ephron, and went up to Bala, that is, Kiriath-Jearim. It then turned from Bala westward to Mount Seir crossed to the slope of Mount Jerim on the north, that is, Kesselon, descended to Beth Shemesh, and crossed to Timnah. 
It then extended to the slope of Ekron to the north and went toward Shikaron, crossed to Mount Baala, extended to Jabneel, and ended at the sea. The western border was the Mediterranean Sea. These were the borders of the tribe of Judah and its clans. Caleb, son of Jephunneh, was assigned Kiriath Arba, that is, Hebron, within the tribe of Judah, according to the Lord's instructions to Joshua. Arba was the father of Anak. Caleb drove out from there three Anakites, Shishai, Ahiman, and Talmai, descendants of Anak. From there he attacked the people of Deber. Deber used to be called kiriath Sefer. Caleb said, To the man who attacks and captures kiriath Sefer, I will give my daughter Aksa as a wife. When Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's brother, captured it, Caleb gave Aksa his daughter to him as a wife. One time Aksa came and charmed her father so that she could ask him for some land. When she got down from her donkey, Caleb said to her, What would you like? She answered, Please give me a special present. Since you have given me land in the Negev, now give me springs of water. So he gave her both upper and lower springs. This is the land assigned to the tribe of Judah by its clans. These cities were located at the southern extremity of Judah's tribal land near the border of Edom. Kabziel, Eder, Jager, Kina, Demona, Adida, Kedesh, Hazor, Ithnan, Ziph, Telem, Bealoth, Hazor Hadada, Kiriath Hezron, that is Hazor, Amam, Shema, Molada, Hazor Gada, Heshbon, Beth Pilet, Hazor Shul, Beersheba, Biziothiah, Baala, Ayim, Ezim, El Tolad, Kisel, Horma, Ziklag, Madmana, Sansana, Labaoth, Shilhim, Ain, and Rimon, a total of twenty-nine cities and their towns. These cities were in the lowlands. Eshtael, Zora, Ashna, Zenoa, Enganim, Tapua, Enim, Jarmuth, Adullam, Soko, Azika, Shearaim, Adathaim, and Gadira, or Gadiratheim, a total of fourteen cities and their towns. Zenon, Hadasha, Migdalgad, Dilian, Mizpah, Jogthiel, Lachish, Boscath, Eglon, Cabin, Lamas, Kitlish, Gadiroth, Bethdagon, Naamah, and Makeda, a total of sixteen cities and their towns. Libna, Ether, Ashan, Ifta, Ashna, Nizib, Keila, Akzib, and Marisha, a total of nine cities and their towns. Ekron and its surrounding towns and settlements. From Ekron westward, all those in the vicinity of Ashdod and their towns. Ashdod with its surrounding towns and settlements, and Gaza with its surrounding towns and settlements, as far as the stream of Egypt and the border at the Mediterranean Sea. These cities were in the hill country. Shamer, Jadar, Soko, Dana, Kiriath-Sana, that is, Deber, Anab, Eshtemo, Anim, Goshen, Holon, and Gilo, a total of eleven cities and their towns. Arab, Duma, Eshan, Janim, Bethtapua, Afika, Humta, Kiriath Arba, that is, Hebron, and Zior, a total of nine cities and their towns. Maon, Carmel, Ziph, Judah, Jezreel, Joktium, Zenoa, Cain, 
Gibeah, and Timnah, a total of ten cities in their towns. Halhol, Bethzur, Gedor, Meirath, Beth Anoth, and Eltikon, a total of six cities in their towns. Kiriath Baal, that is, Kiriath Jearim, and Rabbah, a total of two cities in their towns. These cities were in the desert Beth Arabah, Midin, Sekeka, Nibshan, the city of Salt, and in Gedi, a total of six cities in their towns. The men of Judah were unable to conquer the Jebusites living in Jerusalem. The Jebusites live with the people of Judah in Jerusalem to this very day. Well, today I've got some comments on Joshua 11. There are three things, actually, I want to look at for just a moment. Number one, we see in the first few verses that Israel's enemies banded together to defeat them. It didn't matter what their differences were. They just knew that Israel had defeated every enemy they had faced. So if they were to have any chance at all, they knew they had to fight Israel together. Well, guess what? We as Christians could learn from that. We have a common enemy as well. That enemy, of course, is the enemy of man's soul, Satan. And just as Israel had no prayer of defeating their enemies in the promised land without the help of God, we have no hope of defeating Satan in our own lives without the help of that same God. Yes, it's true, Christ has already defeated Satan, but we battle him every day in our lives, don't we? Well, we need God's help. And also, the world today is in turmoil on a hundred different fronts, but you can be sure that that same enemy, that is our enemy, is behind all the troubles in the world. It's the father of lies, Satan. He delights when man is fearful, combative, hateful, and without hope. But it's our job to tell mankind of the good news of Jesus Christ. And we have a better chance of success if we forget about the things that cause division amongst us and focus on what we have in common, Jesus the Messiah. But if we're divided, our message is diluted. The world is less inclined to believe us if we can't get along with one another. Jesus said they'll know that we're Christians by our love for one another. Believers need to focus on the one who died for us, not on our petty differences, whether they be political or anything else. And then number two, notice that God did not fight these battles for Joshua miraculously like he did in the beginning. He has demonstrated already to Joshua that he is with him, and he assures Joshua that Joshua will have the victory. But God gives Joshua the battle plan and then leaves Joshua to execute that plan. Family, as we mature in our spiritual life, he expects more of us, as he expected more of Joshua. He expects us to fight our own battles. How many times have I heard someone say, if God would only just take that temptation away because I just can't handle it on my own? That's hogwash. He's given you what you need, the Holy Spirit, to guide you but you need to follow the Spirit's leading. You just need to say no to temptation. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. God didn't fight all of Joshua's battles, and He's not going to fight all of your battles either. He's given you the tools you need, and he expects you to use them. And number three, 
Near the end of the chapter, when Joshua and Israel have nearly completed the task of taking the land promised to their fathers by God, we're told that Joshua and his army killed the Anakim from the northern and southern hill country. So who were the Anakim? When Moses was still alive, just as he brought the people to the threshold of the promised land, he sent twelve men in to scout out the country. And when they came back, most of the scouts correctly said that it was a land flowing with milk and honey. But they also reported that the people who lived there were strong, and their cities were large and walled. And they said, We even saw the three Anakim clans. In fact, we saw the Nephilim, who are the ancestors of the Anakim. They were so big that we felt as small as grasshoppers. And so what happened was, the people of Israel became fearful. They forgot about all the miracles God had done for them to bring them out of Pharaoh's Egypt, how he gave them water out of a rock, how he fed them manna from heaven. They said, We wish we had died in Egypt or somewhere out here in the desert. Is the Lord leading us into Canaan just to have us killed and our women and children captured? We'd be better off in Egypt. Well, God became very angry at them and ultimately said, in essence, fine, they want to die in the desert, in the desert they shall die. Not one of this generation will set foot in the promised land. Beloved, it was their lack of faith that caused them to wander in the desert for 40 years. Now, let me back up just a bit. There were two that brought this report back that said, no, God said we can do it, we can do it. One of them was Joshua, the one for whom this book is named. The other one was Canaan. We'll learn more about them later. So, back to our story. Now, of course, God was able to defeat Israel's enemies when they first arrived at the threshold of the Promised Land. But their lack of faith stood in the way and an entire generation missed out on seeing God's promise fulfilled. There are times that God leads us to a situation that looks impossible. But if He calls us to move ahead, He will be with us to accomplish the task. Blessings will always follow. Our reading tomorrow will be Psalms 9-11. through 11. Boost! If you've got a comment on what I said today, please go to comment.lifespringmedia.com. That's one alternative. Number two is go to the show notes page for this episode. And there's a place at the bottom of the page where you can write a comment or you can send me an email at steve at lifespringmedia.com. And speaking of comments, today Sean commented on the show notes page for yesterday's episode, Genesis 8 through 11, after the flood. Sean wrote, what a fascinating commentary on today's reading. I had never heard of aerial images of the Tower of Babel, so I went searching. I found a fascinating article that described the Ziggurat of Atimanaki, which, by the way, is a name that some people call the Tower of Babel. Sean continues, he says, The article provided several details about the completion and use of this Ziggurat, which countered the biblical story of it being struck down during its production. And Sean included a link to the article. Uh, it's an interesting read, though I'm not sure it's entirely accurate, but if the Tower of Babel interests you, you might want to take a look. And by the way, that article does say that God uh, tore down the tower before it, would, before it could be completed. That's not actually in the text of Genesis, but uh, when secular people are writing about biblical things, they make errors. That's okay. Anyway, Sean continues, I'd love to learn more about the information you referenced in the commentary on today's show. Well, Sean, it was an article on Britannica.com, and I did put a link in my reply to you in the comments section of that show notes page. 
And beloved, if you're interested in joining in on the comments or checking out the links, just go to that page at lifespringmedia.com. That's the show notes page for the episode Genesis 8 through 11, After the Flood. This day in church history, September 21st, 1452, Italian reformer Girolamo Savonarola was born. I probably butchered that name, but that's close. Who was he? Well, he preached against the licentiousness of the ruling class and the worldliness of the clergy, and he led in the Reformation of Florence. He was later excommunicated, arrested, condemned, and put to death for his attacks on Pope Alexander VI. And you thought cancel culture was something new. And on this day in 1522, Martin Luther published his German New Testament, which was based on Erasmus's 1516 Greek edition. Wow, I got no boostograms today, but you guys really stepped up to the plate yesterday in streaming and boosting. It was a record day. Thank you so much. Having this not-quite-but-almost-real-time value-for-value feedback from you is so cool and so extremely encouraging. Thank you so very much. If you haven't gotten one of these new Podcasting 2.0 apps that let you stream sats and such to your favorite podcasters, pick up one for free at newpodcastapps.com. Now, I'll tell you, there is a bit of a learning curve to get them dialed in, but if you like figuring things out, it really shouldn't be a problem. This is all very new stuff. Podcasting 2.0 just started from scratch just over a year ago, so some things aren't yet refined and ready for prime time. You might call it beta, but it sure is fun to play with. Now, another thing you'll see with most of the Podcasting 2.0 apps is different album art for each episode of the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible. Every day I spend time creating new art that goes along with the episode, and if you got and if you have one of these new apps, you might enjoy having something different to look at every day. And if you'd like to try your hand at creating some of the art for me, I've got some graphic assets you can download at lifespringmedia.com art. That, too, is part of the value-for-value, value, time, talent, or treasure contribution that you can make. I'd love to see what you come up with. I create different art because I want different art for each show, not because I think I'm the best. I just happen to be the only one to do it right now. But if you'd like to give it a go and you've got the time and talent, show me what you got. And, of course, if you want to help keep the show going and you think it's important, go to support.lifespringmedia.com and return what value you think the show is worth to me in the form of a donation. Support.lifespringmedia.com Boost! Boost represents the future of podcasting! If you're not already, be sure that you get subscribed to the show. Go to subscribe.lifespringmedia.com or you'll find some links there to help you do that. Or in most podcast apps, all you have to do is search for my name, Steve Webb, or search for the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible. We have no new prayer requests today, but if you'd like to send a prayer request in, go to prayer.lifespringmedia.com. I've made it really easy for you to do that. So, until tomorrow, may God bless you richly. Thank you for being here. I've enjoyed our time together today. My name is Steve Webb. Bye. Bye.